Hello and welcome to the Sis Listen segment of the Black Woman Working Podcast. Your host today is me, Tolu, and I am joined today by my guest, Ifu, who will be introducing herself shortly. But just a little bit of housekeeping first. You can find us at BWW Podcast UK on Instagram and Twitter. You can join the conversation using hashtag BWW Podcast UK. We're at www.blackwomenworking.com for our website. You can email us blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com and you can also find us on LinkedIn under Black Women Working. So without further ado, I'm going to allow my guest to introduce herself. Guest, please introduce yourself and your profession to everybody listening. Hi, um, I'm Ifu Ifiatro. Um, I'm currently a transformation and technology consultant uh, for PA Consulting. Um, I think I'm legally allowed to say that. Um, I've in May it'll be four years that I've been doing that. Um, before that, my background was in project management, um, mainly technical projects. I mean, you gave them your whole government name. You even gave them the location <laughs> of your workplace. That means you are very secure in the fact that you are not going to F up anytime soon. So no one can start emailing your employer and saying, fire this woman. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's giving it's ethical not- employee vibes. <laughs> um, I try. Um <laughs> Um, that and this is on my LinkedIn if you really wanted to know. <laughs> but still, yeah. we don't always like give Babylon the tools. Let Babylon find out for themselves, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said that you are, oh my gosh, you're going to have to refresh me because, you know, my memory just like evaporates. So tell the people again what your profession is and really it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I am a transformation and technology consultant that's it that's the reason why I forgot because it's quite a unique title so talk to us about what that really is and kind of just a little bit of how you got into that from project management okay so um the transformation part despite the fancy title is really just about change any kind of change um I guess why it's called transformation is it's it's the scale of the change so it's it's not a minor one it's you're overhauling some Mm. business process or an entire department or entire way of working um and whilst not all change is pegged to technology normally it is it's it's normally there is some new technology or in In some people's cases, old technology that they're only just admitting that they need. Um, And it's around making business and technology work together to get a benefit from it. So that might be money saving, it might be efficiency, it might be getting one over on your competitor. Everyone has their own thing. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's what that's really what the two parts are, transformation and technology and just working with businesses to help them through that through that change. Okay, that sounds to me very much like some of the digital transformation roles that I've um, come across uh, in my career, like people who had those titles. So maybe they're just calling it something slightly different, but it makes perfect sense in, you know, the world we are today that we have people facilitating that because, um, yeah, a company need people who are at the front end of 
and got their eye on what's going on, what's modern, what can really transform businesses. Um, Because a lot of businesses like to kind of stay stuck to their processes, their ways of doing things. So I imagine that can be quite a challenging role at times. Is it? Is it not? No, it's absolutely challenging. (laughs) Um, The technology part is normally the simplest part. It's the people. Mm. Um, So... It's how to make sure that you fully understood what the current sort of as is is and what the target is in terms of how they want to operate. And the other thing that makes it difficult is um, normally the people that are writing the checks are the people that are like, we want to see this this efficiency implemented. Mm-hmm. But the actual people in the day-to-day work haven't been brought along on the journey. They've just got a memo. Mm. Um, but this is you know we're installing this we're rolling out work day now you know everything for HR and finance is now going to be through this new system and people are like well um and so yeah there's definitely people are the trickiest part of it um both both the people who want it and the people who don't want the change I think um getting that that balance right um bringing people along the journey engaging them making them see the vision Mm. um and I guess convincing them that it's in their best interests, that whatever pain there is in the transition period, that when you actually get there, it's actually going to benefit you. I think getting that across to people is, uh, yes, yeah, a sticky one. And do you, is there a specific sector that you tend to work in or can you just um, apply your skill set across um, many sectors? Is that kind of what you do? Yeah, so as... Um, as a consultancy that has like many different sectors, um, there is like a genuine sort of buffet of things for me to get involved with. Mm. But um, I am at the point in my career where I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to develop depth mm-hmm. of sector knowledge and not breadth anymore. Definitely, first part of my career was definitely in breadth. Like I wanted to get involved in everything, a little bit of everything. Whereas now I'm sort of trying to develop sort of deep sort of sector knowledge. And so I tend to work in public services exclusively now. Okay. Um, but I, I must say the option would be open to me if I wanted to work across, I don't know, consumer manufacturing or financial services, if that was of interest to me. Mm, okay and like in terms of your career or this pathway in general it could even be you know in your career prior to this as a project manager which I know was for many years like what has been some of your toughest time during this and how have you kind of maneuvered your way through or out of those situations (laughs) um (laughs) you started laughing already I know there's a story Um, well, I think the first tough time was actually finding out what I wanted to do. So mm. when I graduated, um, that 2008, 2009 period, it was just after the housing crash and the recession oh, and all that bad times. Good stuff. And <laughs> it was difficult. Yeah. It was really difficult. And yeah, I spent like three years trying to find, um, a like a a paying job like in that time I had a lot of internships a lot of work experiences but actually getting paid to do what I wanted to do I found really difficult Mm. um 
And so what I ended up doing is I started volunteering um, at this um, charity that was connected to my church. Um, I actually started in marketing mm. uh, randomly um, because at that time I had these lofty dreams that I was going to be a journalist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought marketing was like a, a step across. And so um, I worked um, in marketing doing these like campaigns for this little charity. And then I realized through doing that, that I really liked the project aspect of it. I liked mm-hmm. sort of creating something um, and that journey of, of seeing it through to the end. Um, and someone said to me, why don't you be a project manager? Um, and I <laughs> I was like, you mean like on the apprentice? But no, I was, <laughs> I was like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, and so in that time, <laughs> those tough poverty stricken times um (laughs) I think the thing that kept me going was Mm. my support network so all of the people who were saying I know someone who does this do you want me to put you in contact so I think um the power of network came through for me uh for Mm. that one um so like I said it was it was talking to my boss it was talking to people around me that I even realized what it is that I wanted to do um, and someone um, from my network actually supported me by paying for mm. my prints too. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah. I thought you paid um, for that yourself, you know, I'm not going to lie. All subsequent, <laughs> all subsequent accreditations. <laughs> yeah. But that first step, that was, wow. yeah, that was um, a kind soul. Um, mm. And so that's how it all started, and it snowballed from there. Um so I did my prints too, and then I started applying for um, jobs. Mm. I wasn't actually, I wasn't targeting technology, but that's kind of, um, prints too is very much geared to sort of IT projects. And so having that on my CV meant that um, a lot of the jobs that I was approached about were were tech jobs. Um, and then moving on to my next tough time, um, my first... <laughs> <laughs> my first project management that times role. don't last that's the moral so far <laughs> um that place was a hellhole um and I hated it but in that time I learned so much it was quite a small organization so it was very much like you did everything so I didn't just project manage I like I was the business analyst as well I like required mm. I gathered requirements um I like documented business processes I was also a tester um <laughs> I was, it was everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like the databases I was building I was like running scripts um um yeah I yeah I got to grips with like non-functional requirements as well things around security and scalability um I learned about coding Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave me like a really, really fantastic um, foundation for my career, but it was like a really toxic workplace. And I used to go up to the rooftop and cry. Um, but I guess if I had to do it all over again, oh my I, would, <laughs> I would just maybe get some better mental health support. Um, yeah. Do you know what? It's so funny because like so often, like that is literally the story of like, not rags what's the equivalent of rags to witches riches in um, a profession I don't know 
But like sometimes I feel like these days people can get the illusion that they see people kind of at the end of the journey or a really good place in their journey. They don't know the trauma that people have been through like to get there. Like I have my own story of trauma. We've had another segment as well, sister segment as well, that involves some very traumatic experiences in order to get to the highlights or where people are today. Now, that's not to say that trauma has to be a part of the process, but I think it gives a really realistic worldview of what a career journey can look like. It's not going to be plain sailing. And I think the more people know up front what to kind of expect, although they can't necessarily anticipate everything, it will put them in great kind of mental steads um, to have the level of resilience and the level of discipline required to stick it out when they need to and be being able to separate, okay, this situation is hell right now, but whilst I'm in it, what can I take from it that will elevate me in the next situation? So I love the fact that you use those things as an example because it's really an example of that because I remember the times when you you didn't have a job. <laughs> I remember it. And then I, I hated them. <laughs> like, and then for me, I really did notice that time at or that point at which like your career trajectory just switched. And it was literally after doing the Prince 2, because back then, Prince 2 was everything. It was like the ultimate, you know, accreditation if you want to be a project manager. Mm-hmm. And then you did that. And it was just like, all of a sudden, it was just like, latter rain was falling. The jobs was just, you know, <laughs> falling around. Yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, as I said, tough times never last. Tough people do. So, from the tough times, what would you say has been some of your most triumphant times um, within your career? Um. So, I worked at an organisation, a real estate organisation, and um, one of the projects was to build an app. Um, it was for surveyors. Um, it was it allowed them to capture um, all of the information that they need to know um, on site um, to make a evaluation of of a property. So um, all of the different like characteristics and features, and it allowed it allowed across a department of um, surveyors for there to be some standardization. Because you know some people walk in and be like, oh, you know, using like some kind of internal rule of thumb, you know, I think mm. the value of this property should be like 350. Um, and another person would walk in and be like 275. Um, so it, it allowed um, surveyors to capture common common characteristics and then be able to aggregate that um, for value. Um, and then that application was um, nominated um, for Mobile App of the Year by the British wow. Computer Society. Didn't win. But the nomination alone. <laughs> it's all right. You can't win everything. <laughs> yeah, it was that was that, that was a really nice moment. That was like um I, I didn't I didn't really care about winning at that point. Mm. Um but it was it, it was the first, I think, moment where I was like, ooh, like I'm a girl in tech and it felt really good. <laughs> um, um especially Her. looking back on the poverty years, like it, it just like mm. it wasn't even a money thing, but it just felt really good to have recognition like, for your hard work. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I had a career, do you know what I mean? Like not just a job, yeah. actually that felt good. So that was Ooh. like a really good 
a really good point for me. Um, also, um, there was my first, so, so this going back to that first job, um, this is something that I'm really proud of. So before I went to the interview, um, I was doing all of this research on the company itself, but just general research about, you know, you know how to present yourself well, blah, blah, blah. And I read this article and it talks about women um, and how they're really bad at negotiating mm-hmm. um, and that they shy away from it. So they often find themselves like short change. And then it had these tips for like, you know, maintain eye contact, ask for what you want. Don't let them tell you what, you know, what they're going to offer you. And um, <laughs> like everything that the article said, I just did verbatim. Like I was so uncomfortable, but I just did it. And I was so proud of myself because the job was, um, it was, I think it was 18,000. Eighteen thousand to twenty-two thousand, depending mm-hmm. on my experience. And so I'm off the back of three years of being unemployed, so there isn't any experience. <laughs> and so <laughs> I walked in and was like, twenty-five thousand. I love and it. They gave it to me. I love it. I love they it. Gave, they actually gave it to me. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> let, this, let this be a lesson to everyone <laughs> listening. If there's a job that you really like, but perhaps the banding isn't what you quite would like. See, see what happens if you, you know, name your price. Like, I think, I feel like I always say to people, what's the worst that can happen? They say no at the end of the day. You're not going to die for them saying no. But perhaps if you ask, you might get what you want. I think that's fantastic as well. Bearing in mind, like, you didn't even have anything really to back it up. You, mum was unemployed. (laughs) The skills were scanty. Like, no, I, all I had at that point was just that, like, the marketing work I'd done that charity and I'd been okay. paid, I was being paid, like, 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 £10 an hour. Like, it, shop it money. wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't even compute. But I was just like, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go for it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, um, he believed my confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, with everything that I can bring to the role, I think a reasonable figure to start out is 25000 I love that. Straight face. I got it. Yeah, that is, and so I've taken that with me through all of, like, I'm just like, I ask for outrageous amounts of money. I'm like, mm. the worst yeah. thing they can say is no, but what I found is generally they don't say no, they'll negotiate mm. you down a little bit, but they won't, no one actually says no. Yeah. And it's like, that, that fear of rejection is what's holding you back. It, mm-hmm. actually, it isn't real. It isn't real. So that's, that's definitely my sis listen moment is, yeah, negotiate for what you want. No, I love that so much. And the thing is, like, once you do it once, you just pick up the confidence to do it more and more and more, <laughs> and you'll grow more audacious with it. <laughs> I wish I had had that confidence, like, from younger. Now I will just ask for the sky, the heavens and the earth, and the universe and the galaxy. I will try it. I say it, but I will try it next time round, and I'll see no, what happens. No, please do. <laughs> so, yeah. Moving forward, what does the future look like for you? Are you happy staying in that kind of area where you are or have you had any thoughts as to what you might want to move on to next? Yes. So this is the current plan. It might change. Um, but my plan is to become a partner at my consultancy. Um, mm. I want to, yeah, I would like to become like quite senior um, in consulting and then move over back to industry um in the c-suite um, okay so 
either the chief technology officer or the chief executive officer. So I like this. Um, I <laughs> so I've done a lot of research on this, and um, typically people hire CEOs to be CEOs. Mm-hmm. So they like people who have already shown that they can, you know, run a company to invite you to come and run their company. Um, and a few times that they don't, it will be people who are have worked their way up in the organisation and mm-hmm. so are like maybe just, you know, one below. They're the CEO's deputy and then the CEO retires and they move up in that position. And so for me, I felt like, reading about it, you need to bring a level of expertise around how, what it takes to run a company. Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of the commercials, um, the legal, the administrative, um, all the boring stuff. Um, And so as a partner in a consultancy, even though we, we also have a CEO, as a partner, you are actually part of the management group of the mm-hmm. company and you are responsible um, for the commercial success of the company and you will have your own little sort of piece of the pie that you need to manage and make successful. And if I can demonstrate that I can do that, it will give me a chance um, to in the industry to, to demonstrate that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to do it. Um, I'll get to do it earlier. Um, and more aggressively than I would do if I joined, you know, mm. company A and then worked my way up. And so, um, yeah, that's the plan is to work up, um, to partner and then go into the industry um, as a CEO. Um, and then, yeah, retire early so I can drink wine in my garden. <laughs> that's the current. I love it. Go for what you want. And in your company... Yeah. In terms of becoming a partner, is it kind of like how easy is that? And is that, I guess, discussions that you've had with people who are already on that path already? Yeah, I bother everyone uh, for advice (laughs) um, (laughs) about it. Um, It's not difficult. Um, It's not difficult. I mean, it's not easy either. Um, but there's like a predetermined path to take. And so mm-hmm. in that sense, it's it's straightforward. Yes, maybe that's what I should say. It's straightforward, but it's not easy. So yeah. um, as you grow in seniority, um, it's less about you delivering good work. It's about you leading people right. to deliver good work. Mm-hmm. And so, and then at some point, you're leading people who are leading people to do good work on what you're doing <laughs> you're like building a client base yeah um and you're like sniffing out like leads and like bringing business in right. um and so and so if you are successful at that the pathway is quite straightforward so where I would struggle is that I think the quality of my work is really good and the quality of my leading is quite good. Mm-hmm. But I think I've never had to do that whole taking people out for lunch and, and picking their brains about, you know, things that could turn into potential business. Yeah. Yeah, that that stuff is very new to me, but I am looking into things that I can do, like shadowing um, mm-hmm. people. Um, and getting onto like leadership programs in my organization and I'm also taking a master's in transformation as well and so I'm 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 putting down roots now mm-hmm, that will hopefully blossom into things that will propel me further in the future 
I love this for you. And I honestly and genuinely believe that you're going to do it because ever since you found your lane, <laughs> no, for real, ever since you found your lane, like I feel like you've really just pursued it um, diligently. And you one of those people that has just been, it's one of those things where it's really just clicked for you and you've been like, okay, this, this is what I want to do. I know what I want to do. And so you can just kind of run straight and focus on it. Um, I think that's kind of rare in a lot of people actually these days, unless they're following maybe like um, traditional corporate um, careers, such as being a lawyer or being a, or being a doctor or things like that, where you know what the ultimate goal is. I think there's so many opportunities Mm. these days. It's easy to get distracted and think, Oh, I'll try a bit of this. I'll try a bit of that. And then speaking for myself in general, like, um, is it distraction? No, I just keep finding things I don't like. (laughs) But (laughs) I have found my lane with project management. But now what I'm doing at the moment is just working out what kind of project management do I want to focus more on product, which I think I am leaning more towards. So, but anyway, this isn't a sis listen segment about me. This is about you. So, to kind of round up our discussions is there anything that you'd like to say to anyone listening who's kind of thinking of the same pathway um and yeah already knows in their head that that is literally where they want to reach or just somewhere around that area is there any kind of uh feel free to give like some kind of advice to them or just in general you know general career advice for any women listening whether they're young whether they're you know of um a medium level in their career older etc etc um so I'm always really shy about giving advice because I don't feel like I personally have like made it yet I feel like I'm very much still on my way but things that I have learned are don't let people tell you um don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and that's easier said than done, I guess. Um, as a very quick example, uh, two years ago, um, I was going for a promotion and I asked for <laughs> support from someone senior in my organisation. And he said, eh, I think you'll need another 18 months to be ready. Two years later, I'm two promotions over. And so if I had listened to him, he would have a he, so I haven't everyone has an inner saboteur and so mm-hmm. I already have someone who's like chatting shit in my ear and whispering <laughs> and saying are you sure can you do it mm-hmm. if that person then connects with someone outside also saying it it can be so easy to get drowned in that mm-hmm. and so you just have to be very strong about not that you shouldn't take on feedback but you have to be very firm about rejecting outside opinions that aren't based in anything Mm. and so um that would be my biggest advice I think all of the stumbles I've ever made in my career have been around listening to people who have said um you're not ready or slow down or that's a bit ambitious isn't it and so I think yeah that would be my key advice that I think would probably hold someone in good stead at any point in their career um is uh, believing in yourself yeah yes I heard it it's a cliche but it's true you've got uh, to, you've got to, you've got to have the self-belief exactly and I think the way that you described it is perfect as well because it's not just believing in yourself it's being able to tailor and really refine the voices that you're hearing from and knowing 
you know, what you need to listen to and what you kind of need to push to the side, which I think is hard for a lot of people. Because as you said, we all have that inner voice and that inner voice we frame in the um, construct of imposter syndrome, right? That that little voice within us creates the imposter syndrome within us. And then somebody else is coming along and saying, nah, like it can really, if you're not mentally um, strong or you're not really focused on where you want to go and what you're doing, it can be easy to sway you. So I think that is perfect advice. So final, final things. Is there anything that you're doing that you'd like to promote? Anything that you'd like to let the people um, in on? Or are you like, this is my nine to five and that's it? (laughs) (laughs) I know know that that's not true, (laughs) but it's up to you. What do you want to share? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is one hundred percent my nine to five at the moment. So I, um, as I, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a masters at UCL. I'm, I'm also um, got my nine to five job, and so um, at the moment my hands are mm. are very full. Um, I'm not doing uh, anything really. But if I guess if anyone is interested, I am doing a series on LinkedIn about how I'm finding being back at uni. So if anyone wants to follow that. Um, my LinkedIn is is literally my name, uh, my government name. <laughs> Which I will include in the description so that everyone can find you. Make sure you don't do anything to mash, mess up or anything. that I wouldn't want to see you go down bad. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Ifu. That was a really interesting conversation. Of course, I know some of that in part, but there was obviously, there was also aspects of that, which I think were really interesting uh, and really important for listeners to hear as well. Um, Because Black women work in a variety of jobs and roles, um, but maybe sometimes we're portrayed of, as working in certain industries and sectors so um to the listeners thank you so much for listening and as always please make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and get the word out you can join in the conversation using hashtag bwwpodcastuk you can find us on twitter and instagram at bwwpodcastuk you can find us on linkedin as well black women working you can find us at www.blackwomenworking.com And you can send us a lovely email to tell us how much you like listening to us. (laughs) To blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. I mean, you can send constructive criticism as well, but make sure it's constructive. Um, And you can send us, obviously, episode um, suggestions, things like that, or anything else that you want to hear from us. Um, But until then, this is goodbye from both of us. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.